Welcome everyone to the Oave Torah Daf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur is Daf Yud Aleph. We will begin on Daf Yud Aleph at the top of the page. Ah, welcome Ivan. How are you? Okay. I think that's what we're up to, yes. Um, unless we're really up to Daf Yud then. No. If you left, we're talking about the case, what we left off before, of the nest. There's a bird's nest, and you, before the holiday, you set aside a couple of little birds to eat. Let's say you set aside a brown bird and a, and a, a white one in order to eat. And you found them in front of the king. You left it inside the nest, and you found in front of the nest it's Asur. You, since you prepared the ones before, we don't know if these are the same ones that you set aside. And since you, if you didn't set them aside, then they're not allowed. Let's assume that this is a proof to Rukhanina. We have a rule that Rukhanina says that when you have a rov, rov means most of the birds that are in the world are not not the ones that you set aside. Vikarov, and the ones that are close, because over here we have uh, two birds that you left in the chicken coop, which are close. Which Where do we go with? Do we go with the rov, rov, rov birds of the world? Or do we go with the karov, the, the ones that are close, which are the ones that you left there? See, we go after the rov. Amarabaya bedaf. No. We're talking over here Really, Rov Karov, it could be we go with the Karov one. And therefore, really, Mark, we should be able to eat these birds. The reason why we don't is because this is talking about a dovecote or a bird's nest that has a platform in front of it. The fact that it has a platform in front of it makes it very, very um, attractive to other birds. And therefore, it's more likely that other birds came. But if you had a dovecote without a platform, then we would not say the same thing would work. And we would say, maybe we'd, we'd not necessarily prove Rav Hanina's rule that we go after the Rav. Rav Amar, Kanim Zulamala Mizuaskinan. Here we're talking about one on top of the other. Okay? So, so if you, if you the, seeing being that there's two right next to each other, so therefore, when you find it on the ledge, you don't know which one it came from. Did I lose you, Mark? I think I did. You don't know which one it came from, because there was two that you set aside in yours, and there's two in another one that you didn't set aside. And therefore, that's the reason why over here they're Asur. I don't get the whole thing with the ledge. The first rabbi answered that the reason why it's not a proof is because there's a ledge. Since there's a ledge, therefore it attracts other birds. Because it has something attractive, it's not a regular case, because it has an attractive thing. And that's why we said to the Surah. But not necessarily we go with the robe over what's close. Okay? Second opinion, Ralph, is that the reason why, we don't, why we're going over here with the robe against the karov is because there's two pigeonholes. We're not going with the robe of general people, but there's two pigeonholes, and one of them you didn't set aside, and one you did. And since there's two, how do you know it came from yours? Maybe it came from the other one. Okay, good. Not only in a case where 
you set aside the lower one, you didn't set aside the upper one, and you found in the lower one, and you didn't find the upper one, that means Hanach Azlan Alma. Not only, so there's two one on top of the other. Not only if you had the bottom one, where it's easier to say that the top guys on the top one went in the lower one. Even in a case where, welcome Joseph, even in a case where you zimen which means you, you, you left the good ones in the top one. And the bottom one had the no good ones, the ones that weren't ready from before. Even in that case, you found it in the top one. You didn't find it in the bottom one. Still, we say, Maybe we assumed that the bottom ones might have climbed up and got into the ones in Aser, the top ones, even in that case. Not only going down, which is you have gravity assisting you, even in going up, with, without gravity, we still might say that it might happen to be a sur. Mishnah says, If these are the only ones in the area, then it is mutar to eat the ones that you left over. What's the case? If the case is that they could fly, then of course you could say that they left and the other ones came. Must be it's talking about a case where they're not able to walk, they're only able to hop. If there's another nest, that's not set aside from beforehand within 40, 50 amot, then they, they can hop there. Of course the mutar. How would they get there? No bird hops more than 50 amot. So why would I need the Mishnah to tell me this if it's talking about when birds that only hop? So if they're more than 50 amot away, you can't be talking about that because they don't hop that far and it wouldn't... It wouldn't I'm sorry. If it's more than 50 amot away, then of course it's mutar, pshita. And if it's less than 50 amot away, it shouldn't be mutar because they can't hop. It should be mutar anyway because they can't hop there. Okay. I said that wrong. If it's less than 50 amot away, then it should be asur, not mutar. And if it's more than 50 amot away, it's pshita. Says the Gemara. No. Le'olam de'ika kem betoch hamishimama. Really, we're talking about a case where there was, Ivan, are you with us? There was another nest within 50 Amot, and therefore it should be Asur. We can go in the Kaimer Kenan Zavit. But we're talking about it's on the corner, and therefore they can't see each other. You might have thought that they can walk, and therefore it should be Asur. So why is the Mishnah saying Mutar? Mutar, why? Which means. It seems like pigeons are very into visuals, and therefore, if they could see their original nest from where they from where they're hopping to, they'll go. And if they can't see the nest, they won't go. And therefore, our Mishnah could be telling you a chidush that even when it's within fifty amot, and we should say it's asur because pigeons do hop less than fifty amot. If it's on a corner and it can't see its original nest, even if it's only thirty amot, it'll still be mutar. Okay. The lesson you see from here is don't lose sight of your home. Okay. I'm very good at 
extracting random lessons from these Gemarot. Says the Gemara, Bet Shemai Omrim, you can't take a ali, which is something used for grinding wheat, on, and chop meat on it. Now, chopping meat, we said, no, is mutar. Grinding, chopping meat is mutar. Grinding wheat is asur. Because grinding is not one of the things that's mutar on Yom Tov. Okay? So... Can you take a, a, a wheat grinder to chop meat on it? Bet Shemai says you can't. Bet Shemai says if you have the skin of an animal, you can't put it in a place where people are going to step on it. Because that's part of the process of tanning the hide. And you're not allowed to do tanning on... Welcome, Joey. You're not allowed to do tanning on... When I say tanning, I don't mean, I'm not talking about your tanning. I'm talking about, you're not allowed to do tanning of hides. I'm in the middle of a Mishnah, and I'm talking about tanning. It looks like you're tanning over there, but we're not talking about you. Okay? <laughs> okay. So now, so Bet, Bet Shemai says, you can't put an uh, animal hide in front of people to step on. And not only that, you cannot lift it off the ground unless there's a kazayit basar. Of course, meat, raw meat, is not mukseh on Yom Tov. You're allowed to cook it. Uh, if there's a kazayit of meat still on the hide, then you can pick it up. If there's no meat all, if someone took off all the meat, less, there's less than a kazayit of meat on it, then you're not even allowed to move it. Betila allows moving hides. Says the Gemara, Tana, we learned in the Brayta. Vishavim, they both agree. Shim kitzev alabasa that if he chopped meat on it, shasur tatalo. And after you can't move it. In other words, even though Betilel lets moving this wheat grinder to chop meat on, but once you finish chopping meat, now it's no longer a meat chopper, now it goes back to its original status as a wheat grinder, and therefore it's still mukseh. Good. That's a brighter. Amar Abaye. Machloket, machloket, but Shemay Belel is only on Ali. Ava betabra, gamri dibe komutar. If you have a butcher's board where they chop meat on, and it's meant to chop meat, everyone agrees it's not mukseh because it's made for meat, and meat, of course, on Yom Tov is allowed. Now, the Gemara is going to ask Mark's question. Pshita, of course, the butcher's board is not possible. No, why should the cutting board be be, be mukseh? You're allowed to use it. Ali Tanan, after all, Bet Shemai specifically in the Mishnah says, Ali is Mukseh. Ma'u Tatema, I might have thunk. You might think even a butcher's board is also Mukseh. Right? Ali. Why do we say Ali? The show is Betelel. The field of Hashem have told the Yisud Nami Shariq, Kamash Malanat. Now, in order to understand this, the reason why it's Asur to pick it up is because you might decide not to use it. Now, you might have thunk that Bet Shammai says it's Asur to pick up a butcher's board. Because what happens, it's a little bit muksa. Now, if you're using it to chop meat, picking up the chopped meat, okay, of course it's good. But what if you pick it up, say, I want to chop this roast, and your wife says, forget it, we have so much food, forget the roast. 
Now you're going to put it down, and now you picked it up for no reason. So that, you, that makes it mukser? And therefore, you might have thunk that Bet Shemai would make it mukser. Kamash, even Bet Shemai doesn't make it mukser. It's a, it's a you might have thunk. Uh-huh. Okay? Ikad Amri, others say, Amar Abay, Abay says, even a new butcher's board, which you never use, is mutar. You might think you might not chop it since you picked it up There's, and you never used it before. There's an opinion that says that you might not decide to use it. And therefore, you might have thought that it's a sword, Kamash Milan, that Pet does not make it a sword, even though you never used it before. That's another answer to your question. Okay. Ask the Gemara. You want to claim that Bet Shemai is not worried that someone might change his mind? But we went to the Brayta. Bet Shemai and Molichim Tabach Vesakin Etzah Behema. Lo Behema Etzah Tabach Vesakin. Wait a minute, Molichim Zetzaze. He says he says you don't take the slaughter and the knife to the animal on Yom Tov, and not the Behema to the slaughter and knife, which means. Exactly, the slaughter an animal. Took them more than they're far away from each other. Okay? Even if they're far away, so then how do you how do you do it? You can't bring bring the knife. The animal, you can't bring Rashi the says only when they're far. Hey, look. But in that case, he he can slaughter. Right. According to Betchemai, only how, when they're close. How, how far away? <laughs> this is, is far. Uh, we, we don't know exactly because we don't go like Betchemai. Okay. So it's not like we know. But there's some, there's a, it must have been some kind of distance where you can't go. Okay. Don't bring the spices to the to the the mortar. Now, in the olden days, people wanted spices fresh. So they, want, they wanted to grind fresh pepper or fresh spices. So you're not allowed to bring the spices to the grinder on your mortar. You know, you're allowed to grind, you can't bring them there according to Betchemai. And you can't bring the grinder to the spices. In both cases. So it seems like you see that Bet Shemai is worried that maybe you'll carry it there and then you won't decide to use it. So you see that Bet Shemai is worried about maybe you won't decide to use. So why by the butcher board is he not worried that maybe you won't decide to use if he was worried over there in the case of the spices and the Shech thing? Good. Right. You want to compare the two cases? By an animal, you might decide, you might change your mind. That might, you might say, Let's leave this um, lean animal. Let's bring a fatter animal. Guy might say, you might change your mind. You might say, forget it, I'm not going to chop because I can bring another animal. Right? Kid buy a pot also. You might, you might, uh, you know, for the spices, you might change my damar. Let's bring in a different one that doesn't need spices. But what are you going to say? He's not going to chop the meat. Once you once you shechted the animal, you have to cut it up, right? Over there by the butcher's board, once you have a shechted animal, you're going to have to cut it. So what's the question? Why would you think not? And therefore, that's why you can't compare Bet Shemai by us to these other cases. By us, where you're for sure going to do it, Bet Shemai is allowing it. Other cases, you might be...
Because what, what, why do you say when, when you pick up the 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 the, the board? You, you for sure get into it. Because no, we're saying if you already have shechted meat, you're gonna need a board. The other one, we only, in other words, we're only worried you're going to change your mind when you're going to change your mind, not do the whole thing. So in these two cases, which your mind might be worried, is worried you might change your mind because you might not check the animal, or you might not need spices. You could make another recipe that doesn't need spices, but when you definitely need it, you do, we're not worried that you'll leave this board, take a different board. That we're not worried about. You understand? When we're talking about worry that you'll change your mind, Joseph, you with me? Listen, Joe. Yeah, you're, you're, more, you're, you're more likely to use the butcher board, right? Why? Because by the butcher board, you definitely need a butcher board. You have meat, you have a slaughtered animal here. You're going to need a. You, yes, you might switch it from this butcher board, but that Betchamai is not worried about. Betchamai is worried when you might change, you might not need the whole thing altogether. Like in the case of the spices and the, and the, and the slaughtering in the first place, there you might decide not to slaughter this animal. And then we're in trouble. Okay. Sensing about Betchamai says you can't put the, the leather in front of people to trample on it. Tana, we learned in the Brayta. Vishavin, they're equal. Shemolichin ala basad letzli. That you can salt meat in order to roast it. Which means like this. Um, one of the ways that you tan leather, stepping on it, is, tan, is one step. Another step is to salt the whole thing, cover it with salt. Okay? Yeah. Have to cover, cover the leather to take out, to extract all the liquid from it. The liquid makes it spoil. You want to extract it only cover it with salt. Now, let's say you have a piece of leather, right? That It's a hide that needs to be salted. And you need to salt your meat a different piece of meat, in order to roast it on the barbecue. you got to put salt on it. I thought if you roast it, you don't need salt. Well, they want to put a little bit of salt, just for, just for barbecue purposes, right? You're allowed to salt it on top of the leather, even though some salt is going to fall on the leather, and that's going to be a step of tanning. Still, we say it's okay, that's not your intention. You're trying to get the saltest meat. It's going to fall on the leather, that's okay. Amar Abaya, Abaya says, Loshan sleep. This is, he's saying now the point of Mr. Mark Shemtov. What he's saying is that's only true that you're allowed to sprinkle it, salt on it on top of a leather. That's if you're salting it for a barbecue where you don't need a lot of salt. But if you're salting it to boil it, that means you have to put, you have to cover the whole thing with salt. Right? You know, the meat is always salted. We, all, all the meat we get is salted to take off the blood. Now, when, you, you, when you're roasting it, you don't need to put a lot of salt. But when you boil it, you do need a lot of salt, and therefore, that you, Baya says, the bright is not allowing that to be done over the heart, because then you'll end up with a lot of salt on the heart. And that will look like tanning. When it says, Pshita, let's see, I don't need a Baya to tell me that the mission is not allowing that. It says you're allowed to do it for roasting. Why did it say the word for roasting? Obviously, to show me that you can't do it for boiling. Even if you're pairing it for roasting, which means, let's say a guy wants to roast the meat, but he wants to salt it like the other guy salt the other one, it's still asur. Meaning, let's say you're a guy who likes salty, salty barbecue, right? And you might want to salt your meat for the roasting. 
like, like, salt, like salt meat for, for boiling. That Abaya comes to tell you that's the last one. Okay. Tanur Abanan, we're towards the bottom of the page. You can't salt pieces of chelev. Now, chelev is forbidden fat. We all know that in every animal that we slaughter, there are pieces of chelev, large pieces of fat, which are very useful, but we're not allowed to eat them as juice. Now, being that we're not allowed to eat them, they become muksa, and therefore you can't salt them on Yom Tov. People used to salt them, the fat in order to preserve it. You're not allowed to salt it to preserve it on Yom Tov. You can't flip them over. People used to flip them over so both sides get aired out, so they don't spoil. You can't do that on Yom Tov, because you're touching muksa. You're not allowed to eat it anyway, so therefore you're not allowed to touch it. He says you're allowed to take the piece of chelev and spread them in the wind in order to, to, to put them on a, on a peg in order to prevent them from spoiling. You can't work on it, but you're allowed to spread it out. Amr of Matna. Halakha kerbishua. Halakha is like a bishua. Ikidami and halakha kerbishua. Some say no. Halakha is not like a bishua. So two way machloket. Are we saying halakha is like a bishua or not like a bishua about putting the chelev on pegs? I understand why the rabbi had to come and tell us. Halakha is like a bishua. I wouldn't have thought that otherwise. It's three. I need it. Since Rabbi Yeshua is an individual opinion, he's arguing on a group. So you might have thunk, Halakha can't be like Rabbi Yeshua because he's an individual arguing against a group. Kamashman, Halakha Kechid. Teaches us that over here in this case, Halakha happens to be Yechid. So we know why you have to tell us that. But according to the one who says that Ramana was saying that the Halakha is not like Rabbi Yeshua, Pshita, why do you have to tell me that? Of course, he's only he's a Yechid, Yechid, Rabbi Yechid, Rabbi you with me? Maud, the I would have thunk. Mr. Betamashua, maybe you think that over here, Rabbi Yeshua's reasoning is much more logical. You know why? You might say that if we don't let you salt your fat, you might not shecht. Because you're going to say, if I shecht my animal on Yom Tov, I'm going to have to throw all the fat in the garbage. Why? Because it's going to spoil. And if we don't let you, you might think that, you, that, that it's going to stop you from having a barbecue. You know what? I'll eat noodles this Yom Tov. Because you don't want to lose the chedah. And therefore, you might have thought that the rabbis let, let um, spreading it out on the pegs for that reason. That's why I have to tell you that the halakha is not like Rabbi Shua, according to that opinion. Says the Gemara, Umay shno me'or lefiyadosim. Basically, a bomb question. Bet Hillel allowed spreading the the hide in front of people walking. So why is that allowed? And yet Rabbi Yeshua is not allowing over here the case of salting the uh, of, of spreading out the the chelif. What's the difference? Because when, when Bet Hillel allowed spreading out the, the leather. The reason why he let it out, why did Bet Hillel let? Spreading out the leather is really preparing leather to make for, for, to make shoes out of it. So why does he let spreading out the leather so people step on it? Answer, Bet Hillel is worried if he doesn't let. Then people are going to say, you know what? Let me have noodles on Yom Tov. And we want you to have a barbecue. 
right? So we're saying, so if we're already allowing spreading out leather in front of people to walk on, in order that people should have barbecues, not noodles, why don't we allow also salting the chelev so people should have barbecues, not noodles? Says the Gemara, Hatam lo milsa. When it comes to spreading out the hide, it's not obvious to everyone that you're doing that for that reason. People might say that you spread it out to sit on the floor. You don't want to sit on the dirty floor, so you spread out the hide to sit on it. Nobody knows you did it for tanning. But we're spreading a chelif, people might say, why do the rabbis let me spread it out? So it doesn't get spoiled. Once I'm spreading out, I might as well salt it. By, by the chelev, it's much more dangerous. Why? Because the people see that we're allowing you to air out the, yeah. the chelev, they might say, well, if I'm allowed to air it out in order that it doesn't get spoiled, maybe I'm allowed to salt it. That, that no one's allowed to salt it. And therefore, we need to be stricter on this case. Another question. A person... We, we allowed spreading out the leather while people are walking because otherwise people will not have barbecues. If we don't let them get the leather started, they won't have barbecues. So we let, even, since you're not doing any sewer, we're letting you do it. You're just spreading out, other people are going to walk on it. Right? So, in order, so we're asking you, how come we don't do the same thing for this? Because over here, you might come to salt and that's a, that's a big problem. Okay? Next. I'm going to be much more. adam kama chadichot this is very, very important halacha. Let's say you have a huge piece of meat, okay? And you only need a few steaks for your holiday meal, okay? You're allowed to salt all the meat together even though you only need one piece. Okay? All right. Now, Rabbi Abba used to go even a step further in the Hitter. He said you're allowed to sketch and salt individual pieces of meat. What does that mean? Guy picks up steak number one. And he says, okay, let me salt this. I'm going to use it on the barbecue. He salts it up. Joseph, you're going to like this one. A guy picks up a steak number one. So oh, let me salt it. He salts the meat. Then he picks up steak number two. He says, no. Steak number two is much better than steak number one. Let me salt steak number two. He salts it. He says, oh, maybe steak number three is the right one. And every time he picks it up, he's saying, I might be eating this one. He's only going to eat one of them. And Rabbi Adin Bar Amin was able to you do that to salt many pieces of meat, even though he did it all at once. The first Rabbi Yehuda was only letting if you do it all together. If you do it all together, okay, that's one thing. Here he's letting even piece by piece. Why? Because he's allowing to do this called ma'arim. That's called, in, in SY talk, we call ma'arim sketching. Now, why are they allowing this sketching thing? Because really, we're worried that people might eat noodles on Yom Tov. Why will they eat noodles? Because, they say, wait, if I buy a big piece of meat, I can't salt it. They only sell meat like this. I only need two sticks. If I could salt it, salting in the olden days was like refrigerating it. Otherwise, it's spoiled. So if you let them salt all the meat, 
then he'll uh, barbecue. If not, yalla avocado with uh, with uh, noodles. And therefore, in order to make sure some chadum tov, we allowed the guy to sketch. What? Exactly. Go go today. Why, why, does he, why does he need to salt the whole? Yeah, we need Mikey pieces. on this one, huh? What? Why does he need to salt individual pieces for us to to to, to, to say that, that? Oh, if he can't insult individual pieces, he's not gonna he's not gonna slaughter. I guess because it was already cut. If it's, I'm saying so, 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 salt the, the whole uh, the whole uh, quarter, whatever it is. I guess I guess maybe they in a case where you had to buy already cut steaks, you bought they they only selling ten. You go to Trader Joe's and you buy ten of Jerusalem God steaks, uh, and you you it's only you and your wife. What do you want? We we only need two steaks. How many steaks do we eat? Right. But if we don't let you salt it, chalas uh, now you're going to be in trouble. Right. Okay. No Mishnah, guys. Let's go. Bet Shemay, when Bet Shemay says, "And Masal Kivat Nisim Yom Tov, Beit Elamatin Aflachzir." So okay, now there's these called the the the, the vendors. They, they used to open their stores on, on the holiday. Okay? And people would come and buy stuff in the stores. It's mutar. 100% mutar. It's similar to you're in a hotel and they, you know, they, they're selling uh, milkshakes or they're selling uh, whatever, ice cream. Right? And on Shabbat, you're allowed to do it. Why? As long as they just... But they just charge them later? They charge you later. Exactly. And you don't talk about any particular money. You just take it and afterwards they charge you. Okay, now, can you t- put the smoothie to the room? Correct. Okay, so smoothie, a little harder, Joey, because That's being blended. They're, bl- they're blending it for you on the other. But let's say a Coke, right? Give me two Cokes. I'll put a, what, what room number in? I'm on three, 304. Why is it mutad? Because you didn't tell her to write it down. Now, she takes out her iPhone and she puts it down. You didn't tell her. For all you care, she can remember it. I don't tell you. This you, you let it memorize all day. Three oh four, Joey Yammer, three oh four, two cokes. Let it memorize that. It's good. If she doesn't want it, she wants to write it. She's doing it for you, her, not for you. Mutar. Now, um the mission is saying that if if you have a Jew yes, Ivan. But how does that solve the issue of like uh, buying and selling? Forget about the metaphor of writing it down. Buying and selling it's a mutar in Yantov. So buying and selling is not a, a, a melacha de oraita at all. It's not. Buying and selling is not technically uh, is a, a, a general mecca chumemka. But on Yom Tov, that is allowed. Even on Shabbat, it could theoretically be allowed as long as you don't mention uvdin dechol. I mean, you don't mention sale, you're not allowed to measure it, you're not allowed to go and say, you know, you're not allowed to measure stuff. Or say, I want. Uh, Ten eggs. You just, as long as you don't uh, measure or mention a number, it is mutar. Okay. 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 Oh wow! <laughs> These are guys come. They're jumping into the class from Israel. You guys, unbelievable. <laughs> awesome. You want to join in? Just listen. Listen up. I can't believe in the middle of the dive. Is that Daniel also? Unbelievable. Okay, these are the, the Sadiqim from Israel, guys. This, this Zoom just got very, very holy. We just got an influx. We, we got uh, 
What do they call it when the guy when they we got? I don't want to call it spam because spam is 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 a, is a meat. This is like they they sent us glut. They glotted us. They didn't spam us. They glotted us from Israel. Okay, let's go. Says the Gemara. So okay, again, again, so we're talking here. The the Jewish guy is opening his store on the holiday. Now, normally what they do is they have these window shades or window shutters that double as um, what what do they call them as uh, as vending displays. Okay, they take off the window shutters and they use it to display the wear, the wares on. So Ben Shemai says you cannot take them off on Yom Tov because he's holding. That when you take them off, it's stira. Stira means that you're gonna, you're not allowed to build a house, and you're not allowed to destroy a house. And by taking these off the walls, you're destroying your house, and that's asur. Okay. Now, that's only true according to Bet Shemai. Bet says not only can you take it off, you can even put it back. Forget about taking it off. You can even put it back. Right? Beautiful. Says Mike to the scene, what kind of shutters are we talking about? Amar Ula Ula says, these are the these are the, the stutters, the shutters of the wagons. They used to have wagons that were movable. Okay? And those movable wagons they're allowed to take them out because they because the thing is not attached to the ground. But if it was attached to the ground it would be a sur. Okay? There are three things that the Chachamim allowed the end because of the beginning, which means they allow you to do it in the end because we're afraid if we don't let, you won't do the beginning. What's that? Says the Gemara. Elohim, all the Fnei that was the case we had before, the Chachamim are letting you put um, hide in front of people to step on because we're afraid if we don't, you might eat noodles on Yom Tov and not because you, you know, you're afraid you don't lose the money from the eye. Trisit right. also the putting back the, the 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 shutters on the vendor cart. We allow you to put it back because if we don't let you put it back, people might say, "Oh, I don't want I don't want to sell on I don't want to sell on Yom Tov because I can't put back the shutters and then they won't open and then people won't have food." Also, putting back a, a band aid in the Beth Mikdash. What does this mean, Joey Hammer? So let's say you have a Kohen who has a band-aid on his hand. And it's his turn to do the Avodah. Now you're not allowed to do the Avodah with a band-aid. Why not, Joseph? Because it's a chatita. And when we tell you to pick up... What, Joe? Separation. Separation. Chatita, exactly. So you can't go with a band-aid. So we tell him, take over the band-aid. He goes, takes over the band-aid. He does the Avodah. Now, if we don't let him put it back, Next time, he's going to say, hey, I don't want to do the Avodah because I can't put my band-aid back. Right. That's what we're going to put it back. Rachma Amar, Amar Yehuda, Also a guy who opens a barrel of wine or starts a new dough for sale. Also, He says he can finish it after, according to the guy like that, he says he can finish, he can finish after. Now what does that mean? There's a rule that Tameh Haaretz make food Tameh. We assume they're not Tahor, and if they touch the food, they make it Tameh. 
<coughs> now on Yom Tov, we don't want to insult them and make it like they think they always come in. So the Chachamim take away this gizera on Yom Tov, and therefore for Amar fetches the food on Yom Tov, it's okay. I'll see you, Joey. You too, have a great one. <clears throat> so now we're talking, if you have a guy who's selling food, and he's selling in Yerushalayim during a Yom Tov. So now, the food stays tahor, even though people touch it. So in other words, I have a barrel of wine. Okay, it was tahor. Ameharetz came on Yom Tov, and they they poured themselves wine. So they would have tamehafarit it. But we have a gizirah that it's okay. Right. Now, after Yom Tov, we allow you to finish selling it and assume that it's still tahor, even though it's not Yom Tov anymore, because if we don't let you, then you'll never open the barrel in the first place. Right. <laughs> How does he usually sell on a weekday? During a regular week, you only... You, I'm saying... You, you pour it out for them. Uh, oh, how can we, he, won't, he, does, he won't pour it out for them on... On, on Yom Tov, there's a lot of people coming here in Yushalayim. We do a special hatan for the, for the Amir in Yushalayim. Okay. Okay. Says the Gemara. Or look, the door scene. When we said you could put the 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 hide in front of the people who are stepping, Tanina, we learned in the Mishnah. Why do we have to mention it? Right? Ula says there's four things that we left. It's a Mishnah. I don't need Ula. Right. I would have thought time out to The reason why it's okay because someone could sit on it. But filo made of Yom Tov, he could therefore works even for made of Yom Tov. Kamash man until some material done. The Yom Tov in the Yom Tov law. You might have thought that even if there is a uh, a hide that was already separated before Yom Tov, you might have thought since uh, you could sit on it, you should be able to spread it even on Yom Tov. Kamashman, no. The only reason is because and therefore, if you did it before Yom Tov, we don't have reason to allow you to do it, and therefore you can't come back. In theory, I think that's good. Okay, whatever. Also, of the why do you have to mention the the the, the stalls? It's the same thing. We went to the Mishnah. The reason why Betilel allows it is because he holds that since it's not attached to the ground, there's no such thing as Binyan. There's nothing as Stila. And if so, it would work even on houses. So it, when we telling you, we're telling you that we're allowing you, we're only allowing it because otherwise you won't open your store. But if you're in your house, where there's no heter of opening a store, we would not let you get away with it. That's why we need Ula to tell us it. Even putting back a band-aid in the Mikdash was already mentioned. It says you could return a bandage in the Mikdash, but not, not anywhere else. You might think the reason why you're allowed to do the Mikdash it's not because we have a special hetel. It's because there's a rule that we don't worry about the Rabbanans and the Mikdash. And therefore, even the Kohen who's not doing Navuda should be allowed to put it back because we don't worry about 
דלבנן זה מקדש. כמשמע, נתין אותו משלטון, דבר עבודה אין דלבנן לא. אביה וכהן הוא זנת טעון עבודה, we will not let him do it. And that's the חידוש. Okay, there's one more case we mentioned before. פותח רבידון נמיתנינה, why do you have to mention the case of opening the barrel? We learned in the Mishnah, it says that פותח רבידון מתחיל ביסתו על גבי רגל, רבידה עומד יגמור, רחמים לא יגמור. רבידה holds you, לא לפנש את רחמים, זה אינה לא לפנש את. So why do we need רחמה to mention that Rabbi Huda says you can finish it? It's a Mishnah. It doesn't matter. מהו דתימה ורטות? טומאת אמרז ברגל ב... You might think that, that when we allow on a holiday you to sell it to an Amaretz and we say that it's not Tamer, you might think that that means that we treat it like it's totally Tahar. And therefore, even if he didn't start selling on the holiday, it should be Mutar. Kamashmalan. It's only if you started on the holiday. But if you didn't start on the holiday, then it would be Asur. Okay? Says the Gemara, V'ula mai ta'ima lo amarha. Why didn't he mention the case of a guy who opened a new batch of food? Why did he leave it out? But Pluto, look, Ula doesn't want to mention a machloket. Because since the Chachamim disagree with, with Rabbi Yehuda, and they don't allow this case, so Ula didn't mention, he only mentioned four cases, he didn't mention the new barrel. What is this? What do you mean? The, case, the other case also has a machloket. Because he's, he's referring to Bet Shemai. No. Bet Shemai, come to the end of Mishnah. Bet Shemai, since there was a bot call coming out in the Tanakh, we don't count that as a machloket. In this case, it's Machloket, Rabbi Yehuda Chachamim. That's called a machloket. Bet Shemai Bet is not even called a machloket, and therefore, Therefore, Ula doesn't mind mentioning things that the Machloket but Shemai Betelel, but he does want to mention something that is Machloket Yudah and the Chachamim. We're going to stop over here by the word Matnitin on the bottom of the page. Matnitin Dlok Yaitana. Baruch Adman Deolan. Amen ve'amen. Thank you, everyone. Take care, everyone.